Chapter 15. I am a spork. The scorching temperatures in Pomona were unbearable that day. Even with my air conditioner on full blast, I could already tell I was sweating through my wrapped dress. It wasn't just the heat that was making me perspire, but my nerves about what lay ahead. Right now in my car, I was still an Iranian citizen. But in a couple of hours, that lifelong fact about me, the one that always seemed to surprise people, would no longer be true. I didn't know how I was supposed to feel. Elated? Indifferent? Obnoxiously patriotic? I periodically glanced at my printed out map quest directions until I came upon the fairplex and pulled into the massive parking lot. I was late. There was already row after row of parked cars, and I suddenly felt like I was attending a carnival and not a swearing-in ceremony. I'm not sure what I expected, but this wasn't it. As I made the long walk from my car to the entrance of the building that normally housed the county fair, I moved past vendors selling hot dogs, American flags, and t-shirts. It was like we were being welcomed to the country by capitalism and obesity. I decided not to shell out any of my hard-earned cash on cheap memorabilia, though celebrating with trans fat was tempting. It was 2005, and I wasn't too keen on the American government during that period. President Bush had famously referred to Iran as part of the axis, part, in, part of an axis of evil. And after 24 years of living in the United States, I felt like the Middle East was even more misunderstood than during the hostage crisis or the Gulf War. Everyone who wasn't related to me made a huge fuss over the news that I had, I was about to become a citizen. I received a barrage of congratulations from my work colleagues and from my American boyfriend's family. I suppose it was a big deal, but for some reason, getting congratulated for becoming an American citizen brought on a slight feeling of discomfort. The reaction seemed to suggest that being an American was better than being anything else. You're one of us now, I could hear people saying underneath their cheerful rhetoric. And then I could hear my parents' voice from when I was a teenager. You're becoming too American. Or maybe what they meant was to say was, you're not one of us anymore. It wasn't like I was going to be the first in my immediate family to take the plunge to become a citizen. Kia had been one from the moment he entered the world. Mama and Samira were still two years ahead of me in the process and had already traded their in their green cards for U.S. passports. Since I'd become a permanent resident, I'd suffered through two frustrating presidential elections without being allowed to vote. And it was important to me to exercise my democratic, democratic right in the next one. But voting booths aside, I worried I'd be, be betraying my Iranian side if I was too gung-ho about becoming fully Americanized. And so I treated the swearing-in ceremony like it was a movie with an exhaustingly slow build and an anticlimactic ending. I raised my right hand as directed and looked around nervously at the other hundreds of participants while a video of imposing President Bush stared down on us like Big Brother. The acoustics in the fairplex were so poor that none of us could understand a word of what the president was saying. We were supposed to repeat the words of the naturalization oath as he said then, but he, his voice echoed the walls incoherently. A room full of immigrants smiled and shrugged each other as we all made a lame attempt to follow along. On the sidelines, family members waved flags and hollered. I wondered if I should have brought along my boyfriend to make the experience to feel more real or important, but hadn't expected it to become a spectator sport. Instead, I did the most American thing I could have done during the rest of the ceremony. I worked.
For the last few years, I'd been employed as a creative executive at ABC Daytime, and I had gotten adept at finding windows of opportunity to catch up on scripts. While everyone else grinned from ear to ear with the promise of the future, I flipped through the pages of an episode of General Hospital. Looking back, I regret my behavior. I wish I had left the script in my car. What did other people think as they looked at me, keeping my head buried in an episode of a television show? It probably seemed like I was belittling a moment they'd been waiting years to experience. Perhaps they assumed my path to citizenship was painless, smooth, and easy. If it had been as arduous and traumatic, then I'd be savoring every second of the occasion. I finally put down the script when it came time to announce every country that was represented in the room. As cheers rippled through the crowd, I, it felt like we had all gathered at the World Cup. I yelled loudly when Iran was announced. In that moment, being surrounded by a diverse group of ethnicities, all of us about to become citizens together, I realized that this is what I loved about America. This was why I was proud to be here. I was about to become a part of a country that was much more rich and interesting because it had no walls built around its perimeter. By the end of the ceremony, I was far less cynical about the whole event. This was the true end of our immigration nightmare. I was two when we moved to the United States, and at the age of 26, I was finally an American citizen. After the ceremony ended, we were directed to wait in the line that corresponded with our last name, to turn over our green card, and to receive a verification of naturalization. Once I received my certificate, I hurried through the parking lot to get back to work, but it took nearly an hour to find my car among the massive and indistinguishable rows of vehicles. Later that week, my coworker surprised me with a cake and congratulatory card, and I thanked them and allowed myself to recognize the significance of the experience. The proud moments have continued since, like the weekend in 2008 when my cousins and I piled into a 12-passenger van in Los Angeles, Los Angeles and drove the four hours to Las Vegas to canvas for the candidate who would become our first black president or casting a vote for the first female president presidential candidate for of a major party. I've learned not to take democracy or my vote for granted, especially having seen how elections brought on to much as time in Iran. But that doesn't mean I'm not constantly balancing my Americanness with my Iranianness. I've walked that line long enough to know it's a balance I'll never perfect or maintain. I can keep attaining it, but I'll always seem too too Iranian for some and too American for others. I try to ignore the raised eyebrows when I say I want my child to learn to speak Farsi, despite my loosening grasp on the language. I try to politely bite my tongue when people say, stop saying you're Iranian, you're an American. My parents have accepted the amount of kids, their kids have become Americanized. They've now lived in the States longer than they've lived in Iran. Years ago, my mom made a trip back to Tehran and realized it was nothing like the country she remembered. She returned to the United States feeling like there was nowhere she truly belonged. But that doesn't mean she and my dad don't still mourn the loss of another one of their Iranian habits. You eat rice with a fork now? My baba asked a few years ago as he watched me eat my dinner. It was an innocent question, but I could sense the disappointment in his tone. I've lived with my American boyfriend turned husband for more than five years by then. We rarely even ate rice, but when we did, I'd grown accustomed to using a fork the same way he did, even though the utensil never made sense to me in that context. Tiny grains of rice would inevitably fall through the prongs of the fork. Why am I not using a spoon, I'd wonder. After my dad pointed out my poor utensil choice, the guilt got to me and I went back to using a spoon. 
It took a while to get it reacquainted with my old habit, but once I, while I scooped up my rest of the spoon, it dawned on me. I am a spork. I'm the combination of two worlds and cultures. I may not be the most traditional or obvious choice. There may not be a built-in slot for me in a standard utensil tray, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to fit into a compartment to be proud of where I've come, however illegally, and where I am now.